Episode five of Uncle Dad Talks. Uh, we have a very special episode today. This is going to be a, a, a different type of episode that we are recording here. A lot of serious matters are happening right now during the, this time. Uh, baby Gabe, hello. Um, hey, Uncle please, Dad. I want you to talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like you were saying, it, it is a serious topic. Obviously, we're probably not going to divulge too much into comic books necessarily, but we feel because we have a platform regardless of size we we feel like we have a responsibility to talk about what's been going on uh in the u.s specifically absolutely and uh, for those who don't know what we're talking about um i'll actually hand it over to our first guest our historian if you will his name <laughs> is pierce uh, but we are going to be calling him tuna throughout the episode uh <laughs> say hello to our historian mr tuna give it up <laughs> what's up guys how's it going thanks for having me um pierce go ahead and tell them what is happening during this time Oh man. Um, if you've been living under a rock for some reason, um, or on vacation, just coming back to the U S world, world seems like it's kind of on fire right now. Um, uh, at the murder of George Floyd, um, you have almost seems like a race war going on. It's scary times. Um, kind of go back to the LA riots back in the, was the nineties, right? Um, it's it, a, lot, a lot of stuff's coming to light when it comes to equality and just civil rights in America. And, um, it's, it's a crazy time to be alive right now. Um, you see so a lot of good things out of people, a lot of bad things out of people. And I'm just honored to be able to sit here and talk with you guys and be able to use this platform. Um, I'm honored, actually. So thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on. And our last guest, uh, the one and only Mike Hampton. Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I think it's it's good good to be said that, you know, if you have a platform, no matter how big, now it's not the time to be silent about it, even though sometimes it feels easier to do that. Um, it's good that we at least at least say something at least say something. So happy to be here with you guys. And for those who don't remember, uh, Mike Hampton is uh, a gentleman who's working on, uh, we are working on the collaboration right now of uh, making Captain A-Hole return for the 20th anniversary. We'll probably talk about that maybe a little bit later today, uh, but for the most part, it's going to be about the subject matter of uh, George Floyd and all the injustice happening in the world right now. Uh, there really is no main direction for this uh, talk today. Today's going to be more of kind of an open forum, an open table, if you will. So everybody's entitled to talk about whatever they wish to please, wish to talk about during this time. What I do want to talk about is kind of bringing in the, you know, what we do is we do comic books and we talk about how they correlate to real life. And so with that being said, I do have some panels here that I would like you guys to look at. We can talk about, you know, what we think, how that correlates to right now. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. So baby Gabe, this, I, I don't know the issue. I'm going to be completely honest here. I don't know where all the issues come from for these. Uh, so I apologize immediately. But basically this first panel, and Mike, if you happen to know where this is from, please tell me. Uh, I'm assuming it's on a Captain America issue, but essentially what we're seeing is the Falcon, Sam, Sam Wilson is inside a prison and he is jailed for essentially stopping a criminal and that criminal's name is the trapster but as he goes to stop him the police arrest him and the police arrest him and they arrest him due to his skin color basically so captain america comes into the jail cell and the story is as follows sam wilson basically sitting down as he sits down he says i was finally getting uh, some reading done the next panel Captain America talking to the police captain america says that man you thought was an uh, that man you thought was an avenger sam wilson replies he means the white guy Captain America was actually the trapster. He's the criminal that was robbing that bank. Next panel, Captain America is looking dead at the cop. The cop is now sweating. Captain America says, and that man, Sam Wilson, a falcon? 
He says that with a question. Sam Wilson replies, yeah, the black guy. He was the one trying to apprehend the trapster, and he would have done so. Next panel. If you hadn't arrested him instead, the cop worried, lets him go. Sam Wilson go. Sam Wilson and Captain America are walking away. Captain America says, Sam, I am, I am so, so sorry. Sam Wilson, forget it. Forget it, Steve. It's not like it's the first time. Things are gonna, things are gonna change one of these days. So please, what are your thoughts? Anybody? It's uh, <laughs> I so I do like a little bit of research because I, I am, <laughs> I have no experience whatsoever when it comes to comics. Like I, I think I owned a few comics when I was like a younger kid. Um, just never appreciated the art myself. But just looking at this panel itself, it's you could take the superheroes out of it, the scenario itself, and kind of how it's progressing just in recent memory in this last decade with, you know, social media and YouTube being the thing, how many times we see a story like this where maybe wrong place, wrong time, um, officers say, Hey, Hey, you fit a description and just somebody with black skin, skin color, just being arrested uh, for no reason. And wh- whether they end up getting jailed or whatever the case may be, this is not out of the ordinary. Um, so it, it's a very, very real depiction and it's kind of, heartbreaking to see that it needs to be put in an art form because it is very much mirroring real life. It sucks because it's like, you know, this is somebody who is essentially a, a hero, literally a, he's a literal hero, Superhero. <laughs> you know, for, for the world. And you would imagine if you're in the Avengers, everybody's going to know who you are. Right. I mean, I would think so. So with that being said, how is it that a, a white cop isn't going to know that that's not Sam Wilson? How would he not know that? Well, I guess the the what they're trying to portray here too is that the Falcon. Well, we whether you read comics or not, you kind of know what he looks like at least in the movies. Everybody's seen the movies. Sure, sure. So he, he's not wearing the wings. He's not wearing the suit. He's just in his street clothes. Um, and that that's the issue is when you're dressed down, whether hoodie, polo shirt, jeans, whatever it is, you don't know what someone does. You don't know who right. they are. Right. So you're literally judging based on skin color location and whatever your personal experience is to judge that person. He was there trying to do the right thing, but because of what a skin color is, the officer assumed, Hey, it was a bank robbery. It's probably the black guy. Um, and yeah, it, it mirrors real life. Unfortunately. Somebody this also reminds me too. I think it was a, a couple of years back. There was a, uh, a shooting going on and there happened to be a, a black gentleman who was legally carrying a firearm trying to assist and immediately as soon as the police came like instinctively he knew he had to you know lower his weapon and shout you know that you know he is not the perpetrator in this incident i just feel it's it's unfortunate that people have to do that where did this happen again i i cannot recall right now honestly i, I want to say texas but i could be wrong okay i'm not positive i do remember uh reading and seeing about it like within the last year or two. Unfortunately, uh, this is a whole nother conversation later on uh, with, you know, shootings and, you know, incidents such as those. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, unfortunately, they all start to uh, sometimes mix together in that time span. Mike, I'm curious, you know, I've, I, you, you know, you've been around for a while. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm curious about your, your take on this. Well, yeah. Um, my thought, sure, that, that's a, the storyline there. Um, seems like a common real thing that happens in reality also probably has happened in other fictional stories, but, you know, I, I think the telling line in this 
particular page. And I don't know when this, this looks relatively newer, probably within the last 10 years, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm about 10 years. Yeah. You know, it's it's the last pen, the last page. He says, you know, it's not like it's the first time and things are going to change one of these days. And, and my thought with about that is, you know, it's something I say to my friends and, and, and other people in talking about what's going on right now, you know, especially older people, people older than me, um, <laughs> that in the, the, the you know, in the sixties, we were fighting for this same thing, you know, the, the riots and the protests, um, which are two different things that were happening. Um, same thing. It's now, you know, like we're basically fighting for this, a very similar fight. You know, Rodney King was 30 years ago and there were riots and protests after that for the same exact thing. And, and it, as disheartening it is to say it, I, I, I question like, what are the, when are the protests actually going to change? And is it going to be the change that he's talking about one of these days? Um, I'm not saying don't protest. I'm definitely not saying that. I just, I, I feel a fear that I don't know if it is going to change here. I'm, I mean, it feels a lot different this time, but I'm sure it also felt a lot different in 1969 or whatever when all that was happening. So, um, I don't know that, that to me is, is, is what lingers from, from looking at this page in particular. You know, and I think you bring up a good point of like, you know, when is that going to, when is that going to happen? When can we do that? And I think when you think about this page and this panel and you think about who Sam Wilson is and who Steve Rogers is, you know, if they can't even bring change, if those two people who are the quintessential American heroes can't bring change to our, our system, who can and I think, you know, hopefully as, as people we can, but I don't know if we can. I mean, I, 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 I believe we can. I believe that you're right. I think protesting is good. I think we need to go out there and show that we have a voice and we can, we can push forward and we can get past everything. But how do you stop people who just don't want to hear it? That's a whole underlying other issue. Um, as when you're starting to talk about racism that's embedded in society and systemic racism, whether it's at the, we're not even talking about, you know, wrongful policing and excessive, you know, brutality at that point. We're talking about schooling. We're talking about housing. We're talking about just day-to-day -day life. Um, looking at from where I'm from, uh, born and raised in Stockton, California, uh, some conversations I've had with, with some of my friends is that we're, as much bad press as Stockton, California gets uh, for crime and a lot of other things, um, we're blessed to grow up there because it is secretly one of America's most diverse cities. Um, it, it is a, a melting pot, as a, a, my friend Jerry just put last night. It, it really is a melting pot. It's the epitome of what the American dream was supposed to be when everybody immigrated here. And uh, how, do you, how do you change you know, people's ignorant thinking of intolerance towards other colors? It's, I don't know. Um, I had that same fear that Mike said that I love the protests. Uh, I'm happy to see, to live in a, in a time where this is happening, but damn, is that enough? Um, is it going to be enough? I have that fear too. Like it, it scares the hell out of me for society. And, and that's the thing too, uh, how you were talking about, you know, there's, you know, systemic racism, police brutality. There's multiple different fronts that needs, this needs to be tackled upon because we're not even talking about, you know, uh, prejudice and racism in politics in general and how, you know, uh, minorities are, almost always getting screwed over by some sort of policy. You know, so like it almost feels 
hopeless because there's always a next battle that, that needs to be fought. You know, there's always a different front that we need to tackle. It doesn't mean it's not worth doing. It's just, it's, it's just a very long-winded battle, unfortunately. And it shouldn't be like this, but, you know, it's, it's the world we live in. But, like, this isn't even something, like, yes, this happened directly in America, but this isn't something that's affecting just America. You're seeing protests in other countries as well. Uh, especially, you know, the, the UK, you know, John Boyega gave, you know, uh, a great speech. We've seen a lot of people, you know, stand up that aren't necessarily from here, you know, in support of this. So I'm hoping, you know, because this is a, becoming a, because of social media, everything being public now, this is a worldwide issue, obviously. And so I'm hoping with something like that, we can hopefully eventually bring on change, even if, you know, it, it will take time on multiple different agendas. Absolutely. I wanted to go ahead and quickly say that the comic book panel that we're talking about is actually from Captain America, Sam Wilson, number 12. So that's probably, you know, within the last five years. So it's a pretty relevant uh, book. So I would definitely, if you can look that up, go read it. Comixology, go check it out. Um, Mike, I want to get your, um, your experiences right now. You're, you're in Oakland, right? Or no, no, you're in, you're in Oakland, right? I'm in Oakland. Yeah. Uh, tell me how that, what's been, what's that been like? Well, um, it's been two things. I mean, obviously what you see on TV is pretty, pretty true. When you watch the local news, I went out, um, my girlfriend and I went out on, uh, the protest a couple of days ago for at the Lake Merritt when they were doing the car, uh, protest. And that was, it was beautiful. I mean, it was people, uh, all different ages, uh, different, you know, colors of white people, black people. Um, I mean, pretty much as diverse as Oakland is, that's what you saw. And there was no, there was no fighting. There was no looting. I mean, it was in the day cars were honking. It felt with, there's felt a real sense of unity there. And, um, and the, there were cops, but they were kind of on the, outside of, of where everything was going down, just kind of there in case, I guess, stuff went crazy, which it didn't, which was awesome. And then, then it dissipated. And then um, that's what it's supposed to be, right? And then uh, last night, there was another protest, which they were also protesting the curfew. Uh, and, they, and there was a bunch of artists doing art all over the boarded up windows around the businesses to keep the looters out. And I haven't gone out to see that yet. Um, we're going to go out later. And uh, today is the actual memorial for George Floyd. They're doing one in, in Minneapolis today. Um, but there definitely is a sense of you can really feel the difference between the people that are out here trying to trying to have their voice heard, trying to say it in a in a peaceful and you know i hate using the word peaceful over and over and over because a protest is a protest and a protest they're not always peaceful they're a lot of times they're supposed to make you feel uncomfortable they're supposed to be somewhat disruptive to the the status quo of but you know that's obviously very different than the first few nights of protesting that ended with people coming in and, and looting and tearing apart the town and you know, spray painting all kinds of stuff all over the buildings. It has nothing to do with change. It's, it's, it's instigating hate. And, um, but you know, I also stay in Vallejo a lot and I 
the looting out there was just insane. I think that's the only city now that's still going to be under a, a under a under a curfew because it's just really intense out there. But that's also a very poor city that I think is similar to Stockton and then how it 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 was this really booming economy years ago. They used to make submarines there, and very it's like the most racially uh, diverse city. I don't know, in, maybe in America, I think it's like 25% white, black, Mexican, and Asian. Yeah. Um, but it, I don't know. I feel like that, that there's definitely a lot, you can feel a lot of intense anger there. So um, it, I think it varies from city to city and, and who's there. I do feel like in Oakland, you can go out and feel progression from the beginning of this when there was a bunch of really excessive looting. So I don't know if I answered anything there, if I just rambled forever, but <laughs> free, free flow thoughts, man. No, I think, and you know, really, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest, I, this whole conversation, it's just an open way to talk about how we're feeling really, you know, I will tie in comic books here and there, but for the most part, I, I do want it to be just how you are feeling. They all like, you know, I'm a minority. Favorite game is a minority. Yeah. Uh, Pierce, I don't know if you're a minority. Half. Half. He's a half minority. Roundup. Um, you know, uh, Mike, I don't think you're a minority, but probably. <laughs> well, I'm a minority in this Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, I've actually always thought you were Native American, too. I mean, I have some. Yes, I do. Yeah, in me. <laughs> so w w with everything happening right now, what do you th I mean, really like protesting? Obviously, yes. Donating, yes. And then David gave. We're going to um, to the, on this video. We're going to link all the places you can donate to, right, David Gabe? Yes, yes. Awesome, I love it. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna, we'll link all that stuff there. Um, we're also gonna we'll announce something else, but we'll do that later on in the show. But yeah, I just it's. And I'm sorry for the listeners if it sounds very like incohesive as it, more than it usually is. <laughs> it's just, uh, it, it's, it's, there's so much emotion running through everybody's head and mind. And I, to be fair with everybody, I have been fairly quiet on the issue on social media. And it's not because I don't care. It's because I, I rather express myself in a form where I can talk or I can see somebody and discuss that with, um, I don't want to, I don't want to just always post on social media and just seem as if I'm just, you know, doing it because it's popular. Because I do believe there are some people like like during the Blackout Tuesday. I'm sure there are some people who are just doing Blackout Tuesday for the likes. You know, I'm not saying everybody is, but I think in the world of influencers, in the world of social media, I do believe some people are doing it just to be noticed for the clout. That, for the clout, as the kids say. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it wasn't even meant to to. It wasn't even started for that no, of reason. Course, but I'm not saying you know? it was. I just yeah. Think, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, not even for, like, because it was meant as, you know, larger companies and uh, music industries to remain silent, to give other smaller voices, uh, yeah, other smaller people a, a voice so that they can be heard more. And then I feel like it just everybody adopted this. And unfortunately, there was some misinterpretation on it because they started just doing the black panel with the hashtag Black Lives Matter yeah, yeah. when it would unfortunately block out, you know, the important information that people are still trying to get out. Absolutely. And I, I just think it's almost like the, the game telephone, you know, things get lost in, in the mix. Like, I, I like to believe most people had good intentions for it. I do, I do believe there are people, you know, who were there that, you know, we're doing it for the cloud, you know, for, we're doing it for the likes, the followers to show, hey, I'm showing support. Because you, you've seen, I'm sure everyone's seen, there are plenty of people out there right now 
taking pictures yeah. or videos just to say that they're being active. And I say that with air quotes. I forgot or we don't post this as video. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you forgot but, that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm looking at you all right now. <laughs> but, you know, like there are those people who are doing that. And it's just irritating as hell. But I've actually lost my point. So someone else take the reins. I'm just, I'm very upset about that. <laughs> no, I, I, well, you, make, you make a good point. I think it, does, it, yeah. it, it depends on. It depends on the individual, their intentions, you know. Yeah. But also, if I can say this, and again, <laughs> Mike's been around for a while. <laughs> oh, stop We're it. going to do, do, defer to the village elder. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I've been around 10 minutes longer than you. <laughs> You're right. Only 10 minutes. You're right. You know, do you think it is a generational difference too? Uh, well, no, I don't. Um, I was, so as you guys know, I listened to a lot of Howard Stern and he was making the point uh, on, on, on yesterday's show about this in particular, about Blackout Tuesday and how, um, where, you know, he grew up in Roosevelt, uh, Long Island, which is, which was a very white community. And then, um, one black family moved in and then within, I don't know, I don't remember how long he said, but the, all these people, it was like a very liberal town and all of these liberals, as he would call them, moved out, started moving out as soon as the one black family moved in, but they all claimed to be very, um, you know, liberal and for the, you know, for the black people to move in. So I, his point was a lot of these people that are posting this, you know, Black Lives Matter, Blackout Tuesday, and putting a black square, while maybe there's a good intention there, that isn't really showing up, you know, and I guess that's a part of why they were saying, like, if you if you put the hashtag Black Lives Matter, it blocks out the message. The message wasn't just, hey, put up a black square and and do that. It was, it was, it was beyond that to, like, use those platforms to promote justice and promote black lives matter and not promote like your products or your 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 new shirt design or whatever it was you know um so i think it's easier to 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 make it look like you're you know for the movement on social media but where where are you actually showing up in 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 the real world you know beyond behind your phone beyond the screen what are you doing I, 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 yeah I, I love that i mean that's that, that's a huge generational thing especially for you know i guess i classify as a millennial right yeah, right millennials, millennials. Yeah. That, that's a huge thing that we get you know kind of railed for is keyboard warriors um talk a lot of game on social media but then when it comes to actually doing something it seems like we fall short or it seems like it because we we boast a lot on social media it seems like that's kind of the culture and I mean, that, that's big, a, a, a huge irritation for me just as somebody who tries to approach a lot of things with reason and logic and common sense and just growing up so diverse, like it just doesn't make sense to me how you can have a mindset that way, like towards culture, culture race, like you can, you can acknowledge it because with culture comes a lot of beautiful things. Like, I'm sorry, food, music, language, um, perspective, the religion, it's, it's beautiful. And to be able to view that through hate, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I think as somebody who, like I, I joked, I'm half minority, um, other half is, is white. And unfortunately my voice is going to be heard more than some of my friends who are black. So 
my responsibility in all this and to not just be a keyboard warriors, any chance I get, like we're here today, use any platform I may have, whether it's just talking to one person privately, you know, broadcasting here with uncle dad, um, to just give, you know, historic reference to give actual factual knowledge. Like, Hey, this is an actual issue. This isn't just, you know, black lives matter versus all lives matter. That's, you can't gaslight issues like that. And there, there's a reason for that. And then just provide a conversation like, Hey, this is why and just try to change some people's perspective with unfortunately my skin color. Um, Cause that is a real thing. So you can use your privilege for good, I guess. Right? Yeah. Um, what do you guys feel gaslighting is a big part of this? Oh, I was kind of hoping you were going to bring that up. <laughs> That's been my biggest issue. Apart from just obviously racial inequality in itself. Yeah, right, right. Like, and oh, in, in the people doing it don't understand either what that means or choosing to be willfully ignorant on it. It's, I don't know, it's like, God, it's like a kid graduating, like working hard, getting grades, and he's on graduation day. And then you're that one person in the crowd being like, oh, yeah, you got detention, though, in ninth grade. So that none of this even counts. Like, this is all for nothing. It's, I mean, that's the dumbest reference I can make. But for some people, they needed a dumb <laughs> correlation. Sure, sure. Hopefully not our audience. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, I think the, the most popular reference being made right now to help people understand why. You well, know, hold on, hold on. Can I actually say something? Yeah. What, what is gaslighting? Uh, gaslighting is going to be. Give me um, an example. With, with the, without the exact definition. Um, is going to be bringing into the conversation at hand. So the main conversation is going to be Black Lives Matter because this, this is a huge topic right now, right? Of course. So racial inequality and civil rights, bringing in another topic of conversation to either purposely negate that or to bring it down to seem not as important. Okay. For example, the main one's going to be somebody yells Black Lives Matter, right? It, with the best intentions, you know, we're here talking about this. Somebody from left field says, yeah, but all lives matter. Yes. Yes, but now see now you're changing the narrative of the conversation. You're, we're no longer talking about what's at hand. We're now having to diverge our energies to talk about this now. And although that's factual, yeah, all lives matter. That's what we're trying to achieve here. Yes. Um, and I think the best argument against that that it's been popularized in all media is um, saying all houses matter. You have one house in the neighborhood burning. Yeah. Fire department comes to show up to put it out because it needs the most attention right now. Right. But you're sitting there yelling, yeah, but all, don't all our houses matter? Well, yeah, dummy. But the one that's burning needs the most attention right now. Right. So that, that's, that's in a nutshell what gaslighting is going to be. That's a very good yeah. Also, also, but to also piggyback on top of that, it's also like a manipulation of like facts and information to fit your narrative and to like either confuse someone or just get someone to question their their narrative or perspective as well. Because you have, you know, it's plenty of uh, like gaslighting in politics when it comes to whatever like they're trying to pass. Uh, but like you, you make these changes to make question people start to question the original, the original uh, intention or idea as well. Absolutely. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I started reading the panel. <laughs> you can tell me you got lost in my eyes. I was literally looking this way. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, baby Gabe, go ahead and take it over for this panel here. Okay, so uh, Green Arrow number 12 is a gentleman who looks like he's grabbing his uh, pepper spray saying, this is why I became a cop, because I hate filth. Uh, you bet I do. And that's what I've seen you're in your eyes and smell on your breath, filth. And he just starts macing a man who's already down. 
and then the police officer gets shot in the arm hand i, I apologize the, the police officer gets shot in the hand with an arrow and you see green arrow say you like to keep a city clean then don't stain the reputation of those who are actually trying to do good the police officer responds you don't know a thing about what i deal with every day and green arrow says i know there's nothing more disgusting than somebody who's uh, who abuses power I think this is a pretty powerful panel for sure. There's like three different things going on here. This, yeah, this is multi-layered. You, uh, you got class. Well, well, before you get into your, I'm just. I can't wait to hear what the historian says. <laughs> but let's go with Mike first. Mike, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, just the last one. I think that's the the main thing is the abuse of power. You know, it's we know. I mean, uh, cops. I mean, they have the hardest job. I think. You know, you're. you're yeah, and there's a lot of the spray painting around. I see it all over Oakland, ACAB, you know, all cops are bad. And I don't think all cops are bad. I think a lot of times they have to make a split-second decision in a heated moment. And, uh, and there's going to be human error. And there's also going to be a lot of abusive power. And, I mean, that panel, that last panel where he, where he says that, I mean, that, that could be a, a shirt right now. I mean, that is so telling about... Hey, the cops are like, you don't know what it's like to have my job. And then the other guy's like, you know, there's that. And then there's the abuse of power, which, I mean, let's say you walk around with a gun and you're, you're, you, everyone kind of walks in and around in fear of you. I, I can only imagine what that does to your psychological look on other people when you're dressed up as a cop, right? Absolutely. And what I think is interesting too is on a comic book, on a comic book level, it's Green Arrow. We all know what Green Arrow looks like, right? And uh, I think it's interesting that the cop says, you don't know a thing about this, but it's like, think about what Green Arrow has probably fought compared to what the, 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 that cop has fought, right? I mean, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he didn't go take on Dark Side. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, just wanted, I just wanted to make that comment, sorry. No, oh, yeah, I mean, there's Starro, there, you know, there's a whole bunch of bad guys. Totally, there. totally. And it's like, and again, like, think about what these heroes are doing right these heroes are fighting for the greater of good they're fighting true evil and power that can literally just wipe out the world but these these cops who aren't even even in that same level are hurting innocent people and they don't even have the power like green arrow does now i'm not saying obviously every cop is bad but you have so many cops in these worlds and these fictional worlds that want to make these poor decisions that it's like why? What makes you special? What makes you think that you can do this when the person who's holding a titanium sh- or sorry, vibranium shield will never hurt an innocent person? Why? Isn't that not, not to divulge the, the topic of civil rights, but just from an uneducated person when it comes to the comic world, is, isn't that a, also a narrative as well where you have, you know, superheroes being questioned as an abuse of power in itself? Too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like, some, uh, Civil War. Yes. Right. I know. I've, I've just watched all the movies, so I don't really know. But you know, Civil War, you know Civil War from the movie, right? Yeah. So Civil War. Uh, Civil War essentially is um, the. Well, I mean, just like in the movie, it's the idea of them signing, you know, basically giving up their complete identity, so the world knows and we attract them in the way that they understand that. Look, I am a superhero. I'm a, I'm a registered superhero. You know where I'm at. You know where I can be. You know my identity. You know everything about me. Yeah. And the question was, is that okay? Should I? Should these heroes give all that up so that we can create a better, safe environment? Because the problem is, 
And let's be honest, anybody who's watching those Marvel movies, they're destroying entire towns. <laughs> you know? And it's like, who's paying for that? The American people are paying for that. So, oh, yeah. You know, I think. <laughs> You know that, that the civil war to your point yeah that it's a big it is a, there is a question about it so to be honest there probably is cops that probably hate superheroes yeah right with that idea right well you just think of like batman i mean he doesn't he's got a wishy-washy well, no. relationship with uh, his best law friend enforcement. no but his best one of his best bros is uh but it wasn't always like that and that's the thing also like with the the other side of the conflict with civil war is not just you know is it okay to for all these superheroes to register who they are their identities but mm-hmm. It's also about expanding the laws so that these superheroes fit within the confines of the law. So they are no longer technically, you know, criminals, vigilantes. And whether or not, like, is it an overreach of power for the government to take control of these superheroes? Or, you know, is it the right thing to do to have them be almost like a regulated uh, military? But like, at, at what cost? And is it worth the price that you're paying? Because, you know, Spider-Man is obviously in the center of the comic books siding with tony stark he reveals his identity but then there becomes all this backlash to it because you know they start going after the people he cares about and then he joins the other side because he realizes you know it might not be worth it to yes i want to you know work with the government to help people but not in this way so i just wanted to give the other side to like the to civil war makes sense is, yeah sorry to completely throw our narrative off. no that's that's what it- Tie it all in together, you know. I I don't know if any of you guys read that Batman White Knight comic. I I haven't. Out. Not that long ago, pretty recently. Yeah. Um. And so, basically, in this in the comic, Joker becomes normal and like runs for office, some kind of office or mayor or something. And his whole thing is Batman and his abuse of the power that he has is what creates. And, and it's also, they talk about it, I think, in other Batman stories, how Batman is the reason that there's all these supervillains in Gotham, right? That his presence is what creates all those. And so I wonder how that translates to, you know, to to real life when, how there, if there's like this kind of abusive power or, or like if there's too much control put on put on us as a people where we're supposed to be free, you know, or whatever that means to people. Um, if some of that creates some of the, some of the narrative around all cops are bad or why there's so much, uh, and, you know, am I making sense? Like the abuse of power that happens creates a lot of the, of the violence that ends up. So it ends up becoming a loop. No, totally, totally. And I think that's a, that's a super good point. Cause you're right. Like when you think about these, you know, what's happening right now, right? Like if they weren't like that, will we have these issues? And that's the thing. I don't, I don't, I don't know. And just like with Batman, it's like, if Batman wasn't there, would everything else exist? You know, but I guess that depends on the story too. But yeah, I, I, that's a good, that's a very insightful idea. And then just to provide some information, White Knight uh, came out in 2017 and it's uh, art by Sean Murphy, Matt Hollingsworth, and it was written by Sean Murphy as well. I actually haven't read that, Mike. So I'm at the. I'm it's pretty good. Read that yeah, one. it's interesting. Yeah. I love. I love the Joker. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Pierce had more he wanted to say about that last panel, so let me bring that up real quick. Uh, this is the Green Arrow number twelve panel we just discussed. Uh, go ahead, Pierce. Yeah, last part, like because I can't. 
I guess I don't know if it's from the coloring or it's from just the perspective on this panel alone. I can't you can't really tell what the race of the the man on the ground is. He's white. It is a white. So this actually brings into question just obviously the police brutality, but then embedded with you know the civil rights issues that we have right now, it's a class thing as well. And if you look back, and that's kind of why I did want to come on to maybe educate one person listening is it started as a class issue um, along with a race issue when, you know, in the 19th century, 1800s, when cities are getting more populous, police forces were used to keep the, uh, the, you know, the unwanteds in line, essentially to keep the status quo. Um, I mean, there, there's numerous research on that. It's not just me making things up. Like this is factual evidence. And so it starts there um, where you have the systemic racism and it kind of is embodied in this photo here where, He's like, hey, you're you're kind of trash. Like, I know it when I see it. Like, yeah, I know what it looks like. And this turned into, you know, the low-income areas in Chicago, you know, one of the biggest metro cities. And the low-income areas have, happen to be black. And so policing in those areas, they're going to treat them kind of as they treat them today, unfortunately. And it just continues on and on and on. Yeah, I, you brought up a really, that was really, really well said. I even know what to say to that. That was so good. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to go back to uh, what what I was saying as well with this panel is it also touches on a uh, bit very lightly and I don't know if it's intentional but the the lack of training that the police force has in most areas I mean there are some countries I believe it's the UK they get three years of training uh, when they're in the police force and you know there's not too much training when it comes to you know implicit bias or or racism or just how to handle you know you're, you're carrying a live weapon but how to handle this under pressure. I feel like there's not enough training out there and there should never be really enough training because you are carrying a deadly weapon and you should continuously, you know, go through, you know, evaluation psychologically, physically, mentally to ensure that, you know, there have been instances where, you know, someone literally accidentally does get shot because tensions are high. Uh, there was a, uh, I, I have to look it up. There was an incident where this uh, city has like volunteer police officers for people, but they actually get to carry actual handguns. And they already have a gentleman uh, handcuffed. And this volunteer officer goes and reaches for what he believes is his taser. And he accidentally pulls his gun and shoots the man. And like, if you're going to do something like this, like we need more training, proper training, continuous training. I mean, I, I'm I'm licensed in insurance. Uh, Pierce, you are as well, correct? Yes. Yeah, we need continuing education just to keep our license. Like, I feel there should be something on the same way for those in police force. You're talking about uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma is uh, the instance you're talking about. Thank you. And I, I, I just, there should never be like an, an enough training for someone who, who is carrying around a weapon. Yeah, and that's, that's a whole other, because obviously I, I haven't done research into that and exactly what it takes for each state, each county, each department for, you know, police training, but... It does seem like one of those things where just from my personal friends, like I have friends on police force, corrections, different departments where I don't know, it seemed like they, they went through a waiting period forever, a waiting period that lasted longer than training. And, you know, God bless their souls because they, they, they do put their lives on the line. It, it's a one of the toughest jobs in America for a n- number of reasons. But taking a step back and thinking, OK, is this being are they being trained the right way? Because maybe it's just as much as our system is failing people of color or the system is failing the good individuals who go into the police force, it's failing them too, because it's putting them in this position to where if you're a cop, you're labeled as bad. Um, so yeah, that's something that, that should be addressed, you know, underneath all these other layers of issues going on as well. Absolutely. Um, 
So a one, a one panel of Immortal Hulk number 11. Hulk is with an African-American woman. And I'm going to be up front. I don't really know Immortal Hulk that well. I don't know if you do, Mike, or, or Baby Gabe. But I think Immortal Hulk is supposed to be the Hulk as just the Hulk. Bruce Banner is gone. It's just the Hulk. So to provide some uh, backstory, and I couldn't even be wrong about that, but that's from my understanding. So Mortal Hulk is talking to this African-American woman. He says, we live in a world of men, white college educated men, men like Bruce Banner. And then he says, who just rant and scream and rage and smash things. And then the African-American woman says, and the, and the world bends over backward to understand that, to reward that. What are your thoughts on that? To me, you know what this makes me think of? It almost makes me think of the first person I thought of when he said white educated, college educated men who rant, scream and smash. The first person I thought of was Donald Trump. Oh, I didn't even make that connection. That's, I mean, to me, that's what it sounds like, right? No, I'm I'm being very sarcastic about that. (laughs) Yes. When he said rant and scream, I was like, I know someone like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) His name's Mike. (laughs) Calm down. Trying. Thank you. Hulk smash. (laughs) No, and I think uh, it's a very simple panel, but I think when you look at it, it's when you think about like, you know, again, Bruce Banner is one of the most intellectual, smartest people in the Marvel Universe. Mm. And... You know, he separated because, you know, Hulk is kind of like a big, dumb, beefy guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And Hulk decided they decided to separate because I think Hulk is more of a Hulk is honestly more human than Bruce Banner is sometimes, I feel. And I think when you think about that, it's like just because he's this big, big, disgusting monster. You know, think about the good he's doing. Think about what he's trying to do with the people. And, you know, to her point of what she's saying, it's like, yeah, the world wants to hear you know, what that white college educated man has to say, you know, for example, you know, Donald Trump, you know, he's literally saying nonsense, but for some reason, you know, where everybody wants in the world to understand it, to, 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 to just figure out how, to, how do we, how do we interpret what he says? I don't know. I just, it, it's a, it, that, that is a good case of whether, whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's any other politician, your status, your skin color and your, your educational background um, is going to be looked at before you're, well, I guess alongside with your skin color to where anything you say, whether it be crazy, whether it be on point, is going to be taken with more merit because unfortunately the lens that society is going to view it through is, oh, is a wealthy, so I'm thinking intelligent, white individual, white male that is speaking. So he must be right about something or it must come from a place of correctness. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first thing I thought of when it, from a history perspective is anytime there's a movement for civil rights, um, you have the leaders ushering people like right now to vote Um, in the sixties. And even before that, it was obviously to vote. It was to gain the right to vote. It was before that it was to get into schools, get an education, get into the the job force and places you typically weren't allowed to because they understood that it's not about what you say. It's about what you're allowed to do and having that education, having that background, it's only going to give you more power down the road to have a fighting chance to have that equality. That, that was the first thing that I thought of. I think of uh, something that's, that's really come to resurface and it's, and it's kind of touching for me is the Kaepernick uh, kneeling thing, you know, and um, how that, you know, obviously wasn't allowed. He lost his job. He's, you know, blacklisted from the NFL. And um, how, you know, obviously him, his silent protest meant all these other things about the flag and, and somehow the military to, to certain people, even though that wasn't his, he wasn't protesting the military. He wasn't protesting 
the, the flag, but, but all these other people put meaning on, on what it is. And so he's not allowed to do that. Like his silent protest wasn't allowed. And then you have a very dear hero of mine, who's uh, Drew Brees, who's the quarterback of the Saints. And he, you know, came out, I don't know, I think he was being interviewed and was asked about the kneeling. And he said he doesn't think that that's appropriate way to, paraphrasing, to, uh, to protest, uh, you know, that's disrespecting the flag. And he had family who served in World War II. And, and he got a lot of backlash from his teammates and, and, and a lot of other people like LeBron James and KD really came out hard against him, you know. And then you have this, the Laura Ingram woman on Fox News telling LeBron James and KD to shut up and dribble, but that Drew Brees is allowed to have an opinion, which, which, I mean, this just happened. And, and sure, everyone's allowed to have an opinion. Um, but it's interesting how Drew, uh, LeBron and KD have to shut up and dribble. I, I've heard, Donald Trump say that basketball players have to shut up and dribble. And I love Drew Brees. And I, I was shocked that he said what he said, especially when he said it, but he's allowed to have an opinion. I mean, he's a, a you know, obviously an upper class white man in a, and it's just interesting how even in the upper class, you have one of the most famous basketball players in the world, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. One's allowed to have an opinion. One needs to shut up. And then, I mean, LeBron James, it, his, because I mean, he had a home in LA prior to even becoming part of the Lakers. Correct me if I'm wrong. I may be thinking the wrong player, but I think even him, like he had a deal with his house being sprayed, spray tag with with the N word on. Oh, I haven't heard that. It, this is this is years ago, I believe. And wow. oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I remember something is LeBron or somebody of his stature that it's like he's an NBA star. People wear his name on their backs and root for him, and he's still facing. This kind of thing. So, if you want to tell me that you know that's it's not an issue, they don't know what they're talking about. The shut up and dribble is very ignorant, unfortunately. And it, I'm super happy that you brought that up because I totally crossed or flaked from my mind with Kaepernick and with Drew Brees. Yeah, that it's yeah. I, I do want to voice that it's almost symbolic, an unfortunate symbolism that you know he took a knee with everything, and then with the George Floyd death that happened, you know, around the knee. So the the visuals next to each other is. You know, hey, we tried protesting peacefully and it was just completely taken off the rails and you gaslighted it up and down. Um, yeah, it, it becomes that gaslighting thing again. It's like now we're talking again about the flag and Kaepernick and the flag means military and the flag means this. And like that now we're not now we're totally talking about that instead of the the um, what's i see on the tv you know like george floyd's memorial like we're not even talking about that anymore now we're arguing about what the flag means and it's a perfect example of gaslighting right like change the narrative now we're talking about this so now we're getting more separated and, and dividing the country even more and people are arguing with people over this topic now and and the actual meaning of why all this is coming up again is getting diluted in all of that shit uh, and also to to go back to to Kaepernick is like not only did he get a lot of uh, hate for you know quote disrespecting the flag, but also like them telling him, oh it's fine you can do this just don't do this you know at your job don't do this you know you're there to play football you're not there to do anything else 
like telling them when and where you can, you know, protest or just show some, you know, resistance How to something that you, that you don't believe in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that that's the point of it. And like who are you to tell me like when I I can, you know, kneel as representation of something? Totally. And it's like, could you imagine like if they said, Hey, don't write about Paul, don't write about politics and comic books. You know what I'm saying? Like don't tell me what I can and cannot write. Like, yes, like anybody in like almost any industry entertainment. I see it a lot in gaming too, especially uh, recently because um, outside Xbox, outside Extra, uh, your game, a lot of gamer network uh, companies have been doing live streams and talking about this and uh, been raising money. And they get all this hate because they say, oh, just play video games. Oh, just talk about, you know, video games, all stuff like that. It's like, no, like, politics is all around us like it's built into you know our entire society our civilization you you can't just cherry pick on when people are allowed to do this absolutely and you know what's funny it's like that's gonna happen to us now it's like we can't talk about yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah for sure i i expect it but it and from coming from a i i'm be the first to tell you, I know nothing about comics. So when Uncle Dad invited me, I was like, I don't know what you want me to talk about. <laughs> I'll, I'll be your your local. Uh, he's our he's our historian. <laughs> I'll be your village idiot when he's, it comes to comics. He's our <laughs> that job's taken by me. Thank you. But, but when I, when I <laughs> yeah, we see those. Uh... What are those diplomas in the background on the wall there? Those are my wife's. Oh. I, I just sit, I sit in front of them to look important. Yeah, good job. Good. good. <laughs> be cool. uh, but I, I know, like, even for me not reading any, I know it, it's an artistic form. It's an art. It's a media. There is some going to be some mirroring of actual society in there because what else are you going to write about? You can only write about... Uh, you know, Batman fighting the Joker because he's gonna has a bomb like so many times. <laughs> yeah. You can't write about that over and over. Yeah, right. There's gonna be some reflection. I mean, even in the Marvel movies, there's a reflection of society right. in there. And all, that all comes back from Jack Kirby, Stan Lee, Neil Adams. I mean, all those cats, Steve Ditko, you know, they created these stories, you know, wanting to push boundaries. I mean, you know, whether it's the opioid problem, whether it's, you know, race problem. I mean, dude, there's literally, I don't know if you guys know this, there's an entire issue of uh, back in the day. I can't remember the number, but it's uh, Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. That's the name of the comic. And the issue of this co- the comic is literally about her turning into a black woman. Yes, yeah, I remember this. Right. She went through a machine. It was on the cover, right? She goes through a machine yeah, she, and comes yep. out. Yeah. And just think about that. <laughs> you know, like think about that idea The that – Lois Lane wants to become a black woman to understand what it's like to be a black woman. And to be honest with you, I haven't read it, but I, I feel like, I know it ends with her realizing, oh, life sucks or something like that, right? Like, you know, but the question is, what, is she, what does she do afterwards? What does Lois Lane do for that? Because now that she's experienced it, what does she do? I don't know what she did. You know what I mean? Like, I, can't, I can't even imagine. I mean, I all my friends growing up, like I... I'm, make the joke and it's going to sound super insensitive now, but it, it's always been the joke with me and my friends that I didn't have any white friends until I, you know, actually went to college. Um, cause college is supposed to be that melting pot. And it was me even being half white. So it's just weird. And I wouldn't know what I would do if I was giving even 24 hours to walk in, you know, uh, one of my black friend's shoes and just experience and just even coming across one form of racism. I don't know how having to revert back to, to myself and just, besides heartache like how do you knowing that's out there man it's the closest i can 
try to realize is reading the news and reading Reddit and social media, like just what's happening and seeing it in front of you every day. It just a sense of heartache, honestly. I don't know how a superhero would manage that. Touching on what uh, he just said about like, you know, reading the news, social media, because anyone that knows me, I'm a, I'm a generally a pretty passive person. Um, I, I'm hardly ever outspoken about anything really, but, uh, you know, as I've gotten older, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to do more. I'm trying, trying to be better. And <laughs> as someone, um, you know, who consumes social media, like, like everyone else and trying to understand where you see all these things. And like Pierce said, you know, the, the heartache I yesterday scrolling through everything actually had like a large sense of anxiety about everything. And I, I, I don't know. It just like, I literally had to take like half the day for myself, you know, after, after looking at everything and reading everything, like you do see some good stuff on there, but the overwhelming stuff that, you know, we're reading about that we're seeing, which honestly is probably nothing new. It's just that with, you know, everyone having cell phones and cameras nowadays, it gets more of a spotlight and, you know, not even experience it firsthand. Like it, it, it hurts. Like it's, it's just tough to see, to see what's going on. You know, and you've never you've never experienced any sort of injustice. Like no, that? I've I've lived a very privileged life. Even you know, uh, I am you know full blooded Mexican, but I I've never had any issues of the sort. I've been very privileged in that in that sense. You're you're a very lucky yes, man. Right yes, yes, I and and I am I am well aware of that. Must be that baby. Just, <laughs> hey, you're baby game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just it, it's tough to see. Uh, I did want to go ahead and say, so it's Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane, uh, number 106. And I remember the story, too, is also about her like being afraid of black, that Superman would love her still because she's black. Wow. Like, I just like think about those topics. <laughs> like, and that was done by uh, Robert Kniger and Warren Roth, which I'm actually not too familiar with. Are you familiar with those people? No. Um, going back to what you're saying about uh, like politics being in in art and stuff, like people say, you know, don't put politics in music, don't put politics in, you know, your media, and even if you don't consider like what we're doing right here or like what people do on YouTube art, like politics has always been in art. Like I don't understand why there, people have an issue now with it, like saying don't put politics in my in my entertainment. Like supposedly uh, the Last of Us that's coming out this month is supposed to be political and people are having is that, is that two. yeah it's coming out this month uh the 16th sorry so the last of us uh two is a a sequel to naughty dogs uh post-apocalyptic world where like a virus overtakes uh the whole world and you play as the characters joel and ellie who are going on the uh this journey to hopefully like find a cure and the sequel is just a follow-up to that where you play as ellie who's i think she's like an adult now but apparently this is supposed to be like a pretty political game and so many people are having issues with it saying, you know, I'm not going to buy this game because you've made it political, but like everything is political. Art is political. Like going back to, you know, artists like Van Gogh, there's always been something to, to talk about with politics. That's how they express themselves. That's how you get it out. That's a, that's a, that's another medium to get your message out there. I, that drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you understand you get to play this game because of our current political situation like we have the freedom to just buy whatever game we want like the country we live in it's like if you want to have a little political voice like naughty dog if you're listening if you want to sponsor uncle dad oh. <laughs> at least give us a great, shout great out plug, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I promise you, nobody from Naughty Dog is listening. <laughs> I'll reach out to Troy Baker. Yeah, yeah Troy Baker. <laughs> but I did want to say on the subject of that, it's like I feel like there needs to be more politically charged video games. And I'll give you a good example of one. Back in 2000, there was a game called State of Emergency, and that was on the PS2. And that game was literally about rioting. It was about fighting up for something you, you believe in and you're with a, gr- a group of people and you're trying to stand up and fight the government because it's not okay that whatever they're doing is, you know, they shouldn't be allowed to do it. But that game was like banned almost everywhere because of the reason that it was on a, a matter of us taking on the government. You know, it's like, why can't there be a game about us? You know, because if, you know, let me, let me put out that aggression in a video game form rather than real life. And it, it represents something that's happening in the real times. You know, granted, it was in 2000, so I don't really know what we were writing about back then, but, you know, racism, everything, you know, but happening now, it's like we should have a way to learn more about that, about mm. why, why we protest, why we riot, why we do whatever. We need a forum for that. And I think, and I'm going to say this, you know, not, not just to plug us, but also this has been, this is the absolute best time for Mr. Captain A-Hole to return. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, so excited. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it, it is. And I was thinking about that in a way. Um, and for those who know. don't know really fast, as uh, Captain A. Holes is a comic, again, that we're going to be re-release, uh, releasing very soon, hopefully. Uh, it's written and drawn by Mike Hampton, Hampton and it will be uh, published by Uncle Dad Comics. Ooh, poppy. And uh, yeah, so we're working on that right now, um, just to provide some clarification. Yeah, my, that, in the last, you know, I was doing these... Um, for those that don't know, the, the kind of re- reintroducing the character, having uh, Captain A-Hole in the quarantine, the last one I, I couldn't help but tie in what's going on now with, in addition to the fact that we're in the middle of a, of a pandemic, that, that this you know incident with George Floyd. So I, I did tie that in with the comic and a friend of mine was messaging me today talking about how, how important it is to, to use your voice, especially as a white person and how my voice can be heard when others can't be heard. And, um, you know, if I have a platform, use it. Uncle Dad has a platform, use it. And like Baby Gabe, yesterday I was feeling a bit overwhelmed. I was emotionally, uh, just from talking about it from this person to that person. And as soon as I post something on social media, people start calling my phone and it's like, I just wanted to hide. But I guess that's part of the uh, the privilege of of not having to deal with it in a real way is being able to go, ah, I'm emotionally uh, overwhelmed. And so I'm just going to check out and, and, and hide, but maybe that's the time where I need to actually step up and say more. And so, you know, I'm all about using my platform to say something. I've always kind of had some sort of way of talking about what's going on in, in society with my, with Captain Aho specifically. So I can't, I can't see me writing anything that wouldn't be influenced by what's going on right now at this point. And that, that's why I'm so excited to bring him back because, you know, uh, you and I talked recently, Mike, about what Captain Aho represents. And I like the idea of him representing everybody because he is everybody. You know, he just, he's a gentleman, you know, man or woman really doesn't, you don't have to be a man. It can be anybody. Non-binary. Non-binary. Right. And just, you put that bag on and you go out there. And you just express how you feel. Yeah, it doesn't, you know, because you don't see a face, and 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 the face isn't as poor, isn't as important as the messages, right? So, um, 
I may go out to the next peaceful protest with a bag on my head. We'll see. But also, I wanted to kind of bring up another point about using your platform. So really quickly, I just wanted to say, you can actually get all of his comics, his digital comics of the quarantine on our website. And there's a three panel digital comics. They only cost $1. You can buy them right now on our website, uh, uncledadcomics.com. Not only can you do that, but you can also buy uh, these Uncle Dad Talk stickers. Now, I bring all this stuff, not to sell you stuff, but bring it up because every single dollar that we make in the entire month of June, whether it's selling his digital comics, whether it's selling our stickers, or even our ad revenue that we make from our partners, we are going to donate that entirely to the organizations at hand helping out what's going on. Now, realistically, it might not be a lot. Uh, if it isn't a, a, something that we can afford, Baby Gabe and I will match that. Surprise. <laughs> Baby Gabe's not aware of that yet, but I'm going <laughs> to. I was actually going to mention that, actually. Yeah, we're going to match that. So if we make, you know, 50 bucks, we'll match that and we'll make it 100, you know, whatever we can do um, to help out this cause. Uh, also, Mike has something um, he's helping out with the cause with. Uh, Mike, if you want to talk about that real fast? Yeah, a lot of what I do, um, in addition to the comic books, is I do a lot of uh, mashups with sports and social with social commentary, sports logos. Um, and so I did a mashup of the Minnesota Vikings logo with George Floyd and put it on a shirt. And so all of the sales that come from that, I'm going to give to the Colin Kaepernick Know Your Rights Camp, which helps people, which is helping people who are facing um, charges in the George Floyd protest. So they're going to help with the, with the, um, legal defense for, for George Floyd protesters. So all the money from that shirt is going to go directly to that. And you can get it on my website. And we'll have that linked on uh, this, this uh, podcast as well. Right. Yeah. 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 So I, I really can't like push that enough. Like, you know, even if you're not a big fan of ours or if you just listen here and there, I mean, literally you can buy a three panel, a three page panel comic for literally, or sorry, a three panel comic for literally a dollar. It's a digital copy. They're, they're pretty funny. They deal with, you know, issues happening during the quarantine and now issues happening with the world of the protest. You know, it, it just would mean the world to us if you can just buy one of those or buy a sticker or two, you know, there's no shipping costs on those stickers. The stickers are, are only a dollar fifty. Uh, you know, we're going to keep it at that dollar fifty price, you know, make everything affordable. Then whatever we happen to make up, we're going to match that. And uh, again, our sponsors, go to our, you know, on our website, go to our sponsors, sign up for a mystery box for the comic book box, you know, sign up for uh, Soundstripe, you know, sign up, go buy something on Sideshow. Any money we generate, we will donate all that and match it. So please help us, help us, help us get back to that community, give it back to people who are doing the, the freedom fighting, if you will, so we can do something for them as well. Let me ask you guys something. You guys, you guys obviously know who superman is who <laughs> what do you, i recently read that superman is the image of white privilege i want to hear i really want to hear what mike has to say about that to be honest um i hadn't thought of that uh i actually thought captain america would fit more of that but but see I, you know why i disagree with that because captain america is is america but america at its finest right he doesn't care about the color of your skin he doesn't care if you're rich or poor. He just cares if you're fighting for what's, what you believe in and what's right. I mean, that's Captain America to me. It has always been that way, you know? He's always been the icon of we're here to help each other. We're here to help the fellow, you know, man or human. 
you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, okay. So not to gaslight you and talk about Captain America, <laughs> but <laughs> talk about Superman. Um, yeah, I hadn't thought of him being the being that, but I guess it makes sense. He's he can do everything. You can't hurt him. He comes and goes as he pleases. He has a secret identity that he can hide from the the world from. Uh, he's got his girl. He's he's welcomed anywhere he goes. Yeah, I mean, what else would there be? I don't know um, because I feel like the maybe the, there has been issues where issues. I mean, comics of like where they addressed that with Superman. I mean, obviously, you, you well, I mean, just a visual that. appearance of it. Like when you think of Superman as a character, is he the image? Of white privilege. Because I've actually recently read about that, that some people believe he's the quintessential white privilege superhero. I think it's a combination of it. I think just comic lore in general is the track record has been the mainstay character is you're you're like 30 to 40 year old, white male, good looking, um, do no wrong type of person. And obviously you have one-offs to where they're complicated individuals, but there's a majority of way more white Americans that are superheroes than any other ethnicity. Am I, am I wrong in that saying that Tr- like traditionally the, the mainstay is that they're a white guy. They're white. Yeah, it's a white guy. Uh, yeah. But I feel like that's changing now. No, I mean, most that get like the biggest publicity, it, it is changing now. Yes. But historically speaking, it, they are mostly, you know, white men. Cause, cause I know that I've seen that conversation brought up before. Like the most superheroes are that are even video game, uh, video, well, sp- sp- video game characters, like video sure. game characters, like the, the protagonist is going to be like, I just, I'm thinking of like mass effect, uncharted, things like that. Yeah. Right. It's a 30 year old white guy. Like that's the superhero. Gotcha. Um, I mean, Mass Effect's a little bit different because it does give you the option to be female as well. I knew he was going to say that. Who's on the cover art? No, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Mike's like, Mike's like, what the fuck is Mass Effect? <laughs> Showing my own nerd colors there. Uh, but in superhero being, uh, or Superman being uh, like the yeah, the epitome of superheroism, um, along with Batman maybe, Sure. on the DC side. So sure. I guess by those two things combined, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I just, how, popular would, how popular would be or how much of a backlash... Oh, there you go. How much of a backlash would it be if they decided the next issue, Superman's black? Oh, agreed. Agreed. How, like, yeah. Somebody's going to have an issue with it based on... Well, it's like, okay, you actually bring up an awesome like, point. Ah, tradition. Like, who cares? So like, he brings what's... up an awesome point right now. I don't know if you guys know this, but they're talking to Michael B. Jordan to be Superman. Yes, that's right. Everybody's losing their shit about that because it's like, well, he's, he's, he's black. Superman's not... He's not black. He's white. Yeah, everyone lost their shit about Michael B. Jordan being the Human Torch, too. Yeah. Well, and people were upset when there was rumors that Idris Elba was going to be Batman. Or that Idris Elba was going to be James Bond. And, and I remember, like, the creator saying, no, James Bond has to be white because he comes, you know, like a Swiss family or some shit like that. But didn't the creator himself even say, no, he doesn't? I think so. My, my main argument is they're all made up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the history of them is, like, what we put on them. Obviously, it's a little bit different. Like, right. That's exactly it. I, that, I, I feel like that's a little bit of a tricky situation because if we you know, can say, you know, yes, they're all made up, but then we could change, essentially change Black Panther. We'd essentially change Luke Cage as well. And, and the Falcon, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fine line. It's a fine line. So the Falcon, I, the Falcon, I, see, I, see, I see what you're saying. So the Falcon, I can agree that he could be a white guy, and that's fine. I don't think Black Panther ever could because they're, they're, cause he's based out of Wakanda. Their the culture and their, yeah. it's, it's, their culture is part of their... A fiction, but it's a fictional country. You could easily have. Yeah, but that's a, that's. But that, but this is a very interesting point because the white guys could be could be all interchanged, 
but the black characters are most of them specifically have to be black because of the situation or where they're from right? right so it's a very interesting that why why isn't there more black characters that are that could be interchanged that are in just the general sense black black panther and luke cage like they're specific to their characters specific to where they're from where it's like that's like a good and bad thing. It's just like well, well Luke yeah. Cage. Mm-hmm, yeah, it, it, what I'm trying to say, it's a, it's like a fine line, sure. which I get it. But like, there's so many, you know, characters. Like, um, For Devil's Advocate to prove my point. Like, what 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 ethnicity background is Batman? Is he? Don't say Gothamite. Don't tell. <laughs> that's not a. <laughs> I mean, like, what's his? Family? It's a comic book, like you just said. What's his family origin? Isn't he? He's technically German, right? I have no idea. I honestly don't. I don't know. I actually don't know. I've never looked into Batman's lineage. Yeah, because because it's not it's not part it's not embedded in his lore. It's not an important factor. Whereas like Mike was saying, like Black Panther, Luke Cage, it's embedded. It's part of their who they are. It's an important story driven part. No, and, and I agree. I'm just saying it's like a fine line where you have to like be careful of saying like these are all you know uh, fictional characters because then you you you're going to get people that make the argument saying oh well, then we can change these characters as well. Yeah. Well, these characters are built obviously built for representation, you know, for minorities, for mm. people who haven't had a voice, you know, back then or still even now. So that that that's all I was trying to say. And but that's a good point because those characters were created for what you just said, Gabe. But most of the main characters, Batman, Superman, Spider Man, like all these these like the big heavy hitter ones, they could be either or, but they are all, all white, right? And, and you could change them out, and even if you do change them out with, with, with a person of color, then, but pe- people still have a problem with it. I don't know. It's just whatever Elon Musk is, that's probably what Batman's background is. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen him in the same room together. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but no, going on like uh, people having like issues with changing like an ethnicity or like casting someone in a movie as a specific ethnicity. I remember, um, for Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme uh, got a lot of hate for casting a a white woman as the Sorcerer Supreme when they could have given the role to you know someone of Asian culture. And their defense was, oh, but we rewrote re- re- this specifically for someone of Celtic origin. And it's like, how many excuses do you have to make? You know, and not just like concede that. But then at the same time, to your point, aren't they interchangeable? They are, but like it's it, it's the the main issue is the fact that like it's you could have given this role to someone who doesn't get as much representation. Right. It's like uh do you guys remember Prince of Persia? Prince of Persia had a movie? Yes, with Jake Joan Hall. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Know. Jake yeah. Joan Hall, you ever seen that? No. So you do you know Prince of Persia is? I I knew it was a game. Yeah, so it's a did game. They did, they, yeah. they did a movie. Disney did the movie. And that's a whole Disney and right is a whole other conversation. Sure, sure. But I'm, what I'm saying is like it was a big time movie and yeah. like Jake Gyllenhaal played the Prince of Persia himself. Um, that it, I, I do remember just the like last tidbit the, the Black Panther movie. I do remember. I got I got an argument with somebody over uh, there was criticism of how good the Black Panther movie was and this is it was like written criticism like from somebody who's in that field the critique was arguing that it wasn't that good of a movie that people only like it because, oh, because it was the first black movie. So, of course, it got good ratings. It's just like, really? We're, we're going to well, gaslight hold on, hold the on. movie? Can I say this real quick? 
so for people who know me, I'm a diehard Black Panther fan. I love Black Panther. Like that's, I've, I've loved him like since in high school. Like I love Black Panther. And I'm just going to say this. I didn't think that movie was that good. <laughs> but but, are, but are you, no, you're not arguing like, oh, people only like it because it's a black movie. Like, no, it's, no I'm, and I'm not. But I, it just really wasn't that good of a movie. I just disagree because I thought it was good. It was fun. It was fun. But I think there was a lot of things. Again, I read the comics. So there's a lot of things that I wanted to see. Like, I hated the fact that Ulysses Claw was gone like that. Like, Ulysses Claw is, like, one of his main... But, but see, you're coming from a comic standpoint. But that's what, that's, that's what I'm that's, saying. That's, that's yeah. your critique. You're yeah. just talking about Well, I'm not telling you you're wrong, but you're wrong. No, okay. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Yours is just wrong. <laughs> that's it. Well, that, that's a good point, though. Um, nobody's right if everybody's wrong. Isn't that a, a famous protest song? Which what I feel is very relevant to what's kind of what you guys were just saying, but also in general, like if you're kneeling for the flag, it's a peaceful protest, but then you're disrespecting the flag. Like you're wrong. And then those people think they're wrong. And I think so much weight is put on people's opinion uh, more than ever. Right. Like, it, and I think a social media has a lot to do that back in the day. If, if a movie came out and you hated it, you talked about your friends that you hated it. Now it's like, social media comes out and you can talk about you hated it and that this scene was was racist or this was insensitive or this character was should have been this character. And so it's just like everyone's opinion has so much more weight now because of social media, right? And in, in the end, like they're all opinions and movies, art, it's all it's all meant to to be picked apart and criticized and it's going to piss some people off and some people are going to be huge fans of it. But really like it's, it's to the point now where like everyone's opinion means something so much more than their opinion. Right. Does that make sense? No, it does. Um, it does. I, I... And, and I'm not saying that everyone's opinion should hold that should hold so much weight. You know, if you feel like disrespecting the flag is, it means, if you kneel for it, you're disrespecting the flag. That's how you feel. I'm not saying that your feelings are wrong, but it just it just feels like now everything is so much more is is held with so much more weight. It's it, I mean the issue a lot of people have, and it people have a hard time understanding either side of the the equation. It's okay mm -hmm. like if if you took a step back and you saw Kaepernick's protest when it's happening, it's okay to have that conversation with somebody like, Hey, you know what? I feel like, like I have veteran, you know, military veteran family members. Like I, I feel like that's offensive to them. Um, you can have the conversation like, Hey, I feel this way. And if you're told wrong because of a, B and C, like you have a conversation with somebody like, Hey, you know what? That makes sense. Like the flag doesn't just represent one thing. Um, like every military personnel that I know in my circle, like nobody's had an issue with it um, in private conversations. It's how it's taken. It's how it's gaslighted. Like you said, um, it, having a heart, it's not wrong with having a conversation. Like totally. you, you can change your perspective. Like people have a issue with change. Like you have an opinion. Yeah. I talk to somebody, I learn new perspective. Yeah. You know what? I don't feel the same way anymore. Yeah. Yeah. What, what that's so, okay. Right, what's right. so hard with that? That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, like debates are essential. They're important as long as you're doing it, you know, properly, respectfully, not, you know, having a shouting match, essentially. But it, it seems that it elevates that way so quickly now. It, it does. It does because people are so like passionate about it and sometimes, you know, tensions get high. It's very charged. Yeah. I mean, even having conversations with friends about this, this particular topic, 
it gets, I can feel the charge in my body so quickly come up. And, it, and I think that says a lot to where we're just all at, you know, right now with, with the pandemic and, and the, the, the way things are already so divided. If you're, if you're a right or you're, if you're a left or if you're a liberal or if you're a Republican or if you're, you know, it's just, and then this on top of it, the, the division is so intense now that if your opinion is different than mine, the conversations elevate so quickly. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we don't have like a guy, like anyone to look to, like that's like the middle, like not even the middle of the road, but just like someone with some sense, like we don't have an MLK. We don't have a Malcolm X or anyone. Like, I, I don't even know who else to say, like who, who's going to step up and be like, you, you ripped the thought right out of my head, man. Yeah. Like our voice. Like, yeah. So and that was, that was a point I wanted to make at some point. I just couldn't find the right time is that people keep quoting MLK, keep quoting, uh, quoting Malcolm X. Um, Cause that, that was the last big time something like this has happened and looking to today, like it, it's missing to where you have a lot of misguided people on either side of the equation that no one will look to you. Like you said, um, the closest one I can think of that's not just a, you know, an athlete or a star. If you're a big sports person, you're going to look to LeBron James. Um, it, it, I've never liked LeBron James myself as a fan. Cause he's always be either being up on my Celtics one way or another, but I mean, that guy does a lot of good work and oh, yeah. you can't not yeah. like him as a person yeah. um, from just a political standpoint. And he's going to be in space jam too. Just yeah. so. oh, don't stop, we'll stop see that. how that movie goes first. <laughs> <laughs> regardless of how you feel about politics uh whether you're you're democrat uh, republican whatever you can't disagree with the fact that when it's all said and done when i'm 70 80 years old i'm gonna be able to tell my kids and grandkids that i got to watch president obama speak if that guy doesn't go down in history as one of the greatest speakers ever you're just not listening and you're being blinded by your own yeah. your own thoughts your own opinions because calming um sensible he, he has the ability just to speak neutrally like hey we're all people um if you want a sense of direction you want to feel at least halfway better social media I, I urge anybody to go read his recent essay um or listen to his recent video it's just it always makes me feel better man that that'd be my own but that'd be my vote yeah that's good he's very he's a very empathic person and to to be empathic to the whole to the whole country is, i mean that's just i miss that guy <laughs> <laughs> Um, so as you wrap this up, I want to kind of leave with the last thought. One thing I, li- I, kind of, I almost live by now, and I learned this actually through a Kevin Smith movie, uh, Dogma. And those of you who haven't seen Dogma, I'm not going to get into the story, but you've got to get out there and watch it. But there's a quote in there that Chris Rock says that I think is so relevant to right now. And that quote is, you know, people fight over these beliefs. They fight over these things that they believe because it's, you know, I believe in this, you believe in that, and I will fight you to the death because I believe in that. It's not about that. It's about having just an idea and keeping the right idea, you know, because no one's going to war over ideas. They're going over war over beliefs. So let's try to have better ideas and let's collaborate with those ideas so that we can go ahead and work together to build something better. And, you know, a lot of people forget that moment in dogma but you should definitely i don't know dogma is a funny movie sure but there's a lot of great thoughts in it. that whole movie is about religion mm-hmm. but that but that idea of just having the right idea that to me is it's very truthful like i don't necessarily like yes i have things i believe in but my beliefs are my ideas if that makes sense yeah i think a lot of people have a belief and you believe that so strongly that you have feelings about it and then now you're starting having feelings about a belief and the belief could be true or real or not. It's just the belief you have and, and you have these emotions and then you call it, those emotions can cause reactions and then now you're acting on those. And I think it's really good to remember that, that this, like you said, from that, it's just a belief. And like, 
not everyone shares that and and to create realities based off of beliefs can be you know can can lead to what we have right now oh yeah as we wrap this up i want to say again thank you so much to our guest our historian uh mr pierce tuna uh thank you for coming uh mike as always always fun to have you on the show uh we'll have you back on again i'm sure thank you um david gabe i love you you know that <laughs> love you too on a last note since you are our guest pierce all of our guests have to recommend a comic book uh that we want people to read oh so i would like I you, just, to... you did not give him a heads up did you no i didn't that's actually easy i uh i received birthday gifts a few years ago like right it's right at the, the press person when all of the uh the marvel stuff was starting to come out and i was trying to read a little bit what was it the one of the joker ones um, i know it's not marvel but i just i love the joker uh, killing yeah. joke killing joke killing uh, joke yeah. classic it, it's just I I love the Joker. The as a, stories yeah, written. I love the Joker as a villain. Um, so just like that, that chaos and just how he messes with Batman. Like everybody likes Batman, so I'm like, oh, I want to like the guy who is opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's like the epitome of comics. I feel like it's just it's one of the best. For oh sure. yeah, Great. and the Killing Joke is by uh, Brian Boland and Alan Moore. Which Alan Moore is a god. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Any last things you want to say, Mike, before we close up? Peace and love. Peace and love. And I can't I can't thank you guys enough for really trying. To be a part of this movement because we have to make a difference we can't make a difference keeping our mouths shut we have to talk about it we have to discuss everything we have to fight for it minority or not we're all in this together nobody likes hate you know you can't have hate everywhere i can't tell you about it it's just stop hating we need to love and that's all it needs to be about is love so let's go about this together grow together fight together you know if you can protest go out there and protest you know if you don't feel comfortable about it you know i get that you know your safety you know talk about you know maybe create a whole vlog about it you know talk about it tell how you feel even if you're white talk about how you feel i'm sure you have friends who are dealing with you know this awful subject of racism you know whatever we can do to just talk about it because we cannot stand about this anymore this cannot keep going on anymore period uh with that being said as always stay safe love each other we'll see you next time everyone baby gabe here if you got this far i want to say thank you so much for listening to the episode i know it's an uncomfortable topic to discuss but we felt it was very important to express our opinions on everything that's going on and to use the platform that we have to shed a light on everything regardless of whether or not it is related to comic books or even the podcast in general this week's song is brought to you by our continuous partner for the podcast soundstripe.com the song was show me how by daniel king and if you want to listen to more daniel king music you can go to soundstripe.com don't forget you can use the promo code uncle dad talks 10 at checkout to save 10 on your first month subscription. Thank you again so much for your continued support and for listening to this episode. Uh, I hope with time we will continue to improve and bring you more content like this uh, where we talk about real world issues that also happen to correlate with the comic book world. I'll see you next time. Bye.